We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Hi, this is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. And today, I'm very privileged to have as my guest, CEO of Taylor Leonard Corporation, Kelly Leonard. Kelly is, uh, I've known Kelly for about, what, three, four years now, and she's a, a great woman. Um, she's a speaker, trainer, the 2014 Minerva Entrepreneur Women-Owned Business of the Year Award recipient, qualified specialist, black belt, so I think I got to hear more about that, and a seasoned financial services professional, corporate trainer with over 25 years of experience in federal government, private and public accounting environments, including Fortune 100 corporations. Kelly has an innate ability to connect with diverse audiences through disciplines. She's most passionate about delivering the best practices of multinational enterprises to the small business community, which is perfect for, I think, this audience. And so prior to becoming CEO of the Taylor Leonard Corporation, Kelly held leadership positions with GE Capital, GE Healthcare Financial Services, Kaiser Permanente, and PricewaterhouseCoopers. Currently, she oversees the training and business development practices of the Taylor Leonard Corporation, and although the company's client list include nationally recognized nonprofit organizations as well as large publicly traded organizations, her passion rests ultimately with helping small to mid-sized businesses by delivering consulting services and training solutions designed to increase operational excellence, efficiency, and profitability. And to support the local economic development, Kelly maintains an active partnership with Montgomery Community Media and Mid-Atlantic Federal Credit Union's Small Business University, facilitating monthly gatherings designed to bring business leaders together across diverse industries to collaborate and exchange best practices. Um, she's a, uh, a member and affiliated with a number of different organizations, but most importantly, it's with her husband and two children. And as a family, they enjoy playing board games, engaging in outdoor activities and sports, and serving others through random acts of kindness. Welcome, Kelly Leonard. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. It's great to be here. Thanks for agreeing to be on this. I'm, I'm really excited. And even as I was reading your, your bio and, you know, like I said, I've known you for about what, three, four years now, um, run into each that. other at conferences and get to chat every now and then, but never really get to know who Kelly Leonard is. And so <laughs> today is a little bit more selfish. I don't, hopefully the, uh, the viewers or listeners uh, benefit out of it and I'm sure they will, but I just want to learn more about Kelly. And so, you know, we've been, uh, this, this, podcast is about purpose and profitability and my belief and I send an intro and every intro is that you know, when you're leading by purpose and you develop a good healthy business structure that is profitable that it can in turn really impact a lot of people beyond just who you do business with or who you employ and you can really see community transformation through that and so but to understand um, even before you start to understand how to build your business the right way we've got to understand what is, what is your purpose? What is our purpose? And that's a big question that everybody always asks, right? How do you have a purposeful right, right. business? How do you have meaning with what you do? And a lot of business owners, I see, they're just, especially if they've been in business for a while, there's, 
you know, it's just a way to make a living. And they're just, sometimes they feel in the back of the mind, you know, what am I really doing? Um, and so hope to encourage those that are in business now and maybe even feeling that, that way that, hey, what you're doing is very purposeful. You just have to understand the people that you're impacting. So Kelly, tell me about yourself. I mean, I don't care. Start with childhood. With the day you're born, I don't know where <laughs> <laughs> we want to start. We'll just kind of an open-ended question right now. And I'll, I'm sure there'll be some questions that pop up um, as you go along. But uh, give me a little intro on Kelly Leonard. Good stuff. Well, again, thank you for having me, Robert. So, yeah, it's like, where do you begin? Oh, my goodness. Especially when you throw out, you can start at childbirth if you want to. Um, the, I guess the, the short story is, um, of course, my name is Kelly Leonard. So um, my family hails from Richmond, Virginia. And um, it's interesting. I say when I look at my journey, especially as a, um, a business owner or entrepreneur or business professional, it really started um, in the home when I think back to, um, even when it goes back to what I studied, I remember having a conversation with my parents and them just sort of saying, hey, whatever you decide to study in life, in college, make sure that it's something that's going to transfer well into, into business. You know, something that's going to keep you employed, that's going to keep you having a job because I was reared in a household where, you know, although my dad dabbled in, in different network marketing or direct selling type opportunities, by and large, my parents were, um, were uh, traditional W-2 employees. Now, interestingly, two generations prior, um, I, I hail from entrepreneurs. However, my parents just, you know, it was that old adage, you know, go to, go to college, go to school, get good grades, you can get a good job. And so my parents really encouraged me to pursue in, in college a field of study that would be transferable. So they sort of said, you know, study to either be an accountant, a lawyer, or a doctor. And of course, being a teenager, I'm thinking, well, which one has the shortest path of education? So which <laughs> of course. One has of course. The shortest ending? Just get in and out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I hear you. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, accounting. And so thankfully, I'm a good test taker. So because, of course, when you get a degree in accounting, what's going to set or separate the men from the boys or the players from the pretenders is actually getting your CPA. And so I went on to get my um, my certification to become a CPA, but I quickly found out that, oh my gosh, the mundane life of an accountant where it's so calendar driven and interestingly enough, it always seemed that anytime something fun was happening in life, that was when a month end or a year end or something like that was coming up. And so I learned really quickly that, well, you know, the accountant's life isn't necessarily for me. I can do it but I wasn't really fulfilled in doing it. And the, the trap was, however, is that I uh, was making really good money. And so you get into a field, you're making good money, but essentially the job owned me. I worked up from sunup to sundown. I remember when I was with PricewaterhouseCoopers in particular, it wasn't unusual to get into the office before the sun came up and you essentially did not see the sun um, go down because you never got to see the sun because you were there all day, all night. And then it was this constant churn and burn. And I'm thinking to myself, there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a better way in life. So as soon as I could, I started transitioning out of public accounting into a more traditional accounting role. But then even then, um, you know, I was still faced with those similar deadlines and reporting requirements and all these other things. I was like, oh my gosh, there's got to be a better way. And so uh, initially, a very dear friend of mine introduced me to network marketing, 
And to this day, for as bad a, a reputation as network marketing gets or the black eye that network marketing gets, I got to say that when you find the right company and you're doing the right thing and you've got a product or service that you believe in that's mm-hmm. reputable, um, it truly is the best way for the average person with no sort of um, education and entrepreneurship to really get their feet wet and to understand how business is done. And so that's where I sort of cut my teeth in the field of entrepreneurship was through network marketing. And interestingly, that's actually where I met my husband, Jerome, oh. was in a network marketing okay. company at a conference. All right. Okay. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. So there's there's never any mistakes, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. And, yes. uh, and it's a good point you bring up about network marketing because, yes, I definitely do get a black guy. And a lot of it because 90% of them are pretty bad. Um, mm. But there's that top 10%. And I think you hit it right there. Is, you know, if I was to recommend anyone do network marketing, one's got to fit them. Uh, but two is really to – they've got to have a good product and service. Yeah. So as soon as people are just trying to sell me in the business as opposed to selling me a good product or service, then I just go, yeah, this thing's nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. That is the litmus test. If there was yeah. no money or no revenue attached to it, is it something that you would purchase? Yeah. I mean, Avon's, a, Avon's a network marketing company and they've been around how many, yep. how long has it been? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tupperware, Tupperware started off as a network marketing business. Yeah. 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 Cool. So tell me more. So you go for network marketing, you meet your husband. Now what's going on? So yeah, so so Jerome and I met, we courted one another for many years. Actually, we dated for four years before we um, got married. And so when we initially started our family, we started out in New York. And, um, and so we were working really hard. And it's interesting, when we came together as a couple, and we sort of had a philosophy that we adopted where we had decided that, yes, we do want to have a family. But as we were starting to have children, we sort of looked at what our peers were doing and we said, you know what, that doesn't work for us. And so what I mean by that is that a lot of the people that we were around, what they would do is they would have children and immediately, typically the wife would come out of work and they would then come home to raise the the children, you know, small infant children. And while that is a model, that wasn't a model that we wanted to adopt because the, the challenge that we saw in that model is that then you talk to the couple years later when the children are middle and high school age, and that's when the wife is going back to work. Oh, I'm ready to go back to work. And the thing that caused us to scratch our head is we were like, well, you know, that's interesting because now your children are at an age where they're making adult-like decisions that can have lifelong ramifications. And so um, we didn't want our children to be latchkey kids. And so what we decided is we were going to work our tails off in our corporate jobs until our children were about middle school, high school age, and then sort of bring one or both of us or have just more flexibility in our lifestyle where we could be more present for our children in those middle and high school years, recognizing that that's when they're, you know, dealing with situations that they're not dealing with as infant children, you know, bullying and other just sort of social issues. And we wanted to be the family where, you know, when kids were coming out of school, our house could be the house that the yeah. kids hung out at because then that we were covertly then doing I, our little due diligence. I was at, on I was at your house. <laughs> yes. I was, I was at your house. My good friend of mine, that's the same thing. His house was the, the go-to house. And I remember his parents would tell us, 
well, we just felt better when you guys were here as opposed to out doing whatever. So they were very glad to stock the fridge. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep. So we had freshman Fridays at our house where yeah. every Friday the lacrosse team would come here and hang out in the afternoon. But it was a great way for us to do our own sort of due diligence and a peek into, <laughs> well, who are these people that our kids are hanging yeah, out with? Right, so that when right, the names yeah. came up, we'd be like, oh, yeah, we think you may want to distance yourself from little Billy. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and, and the names have been recreated. So yes, so that was sort of our, our, our mode is that we hired nannies and we, um, you know, engaged family members to help raise our children. I mean, we just worked our tails off. The challenge that we faced was we were living in New York at the time of 9-11. And we all know with 9-11, um, the economy was already sort of taking a turn. And I will never forget to this day, shortly after 9-11, at the time Jerome was working for a large consulting firm, you know, he was asked with 5,000 of his peers, oh, we're having an all-hands meeting, come in, and we're doing technology upgrades, I think was the code word for it. And they marched these folks into this meeting, and they were told that that's your last day. You're to leave all of your equipment here. Um, you know, thank you for your service, but you're no longer needed. And and I remember just feeling angry because when I looked at the first year and a half um, that, you know, our son Gabriel was born and Jerome was on the road constantly helping to build this enterprise and just was so fully committed to this consulting house. And then to just be in a day, in a moment, be told that your job is gone. Mm-hmm. I was just angry. First I was upset because I was like, oh my gosh, how are we going to manage? And then I was angry. And of course he was like, you know what? I got this. And so he, thankfully he had already sort of mapped out a plan that he was going to go out on his own and start consulting, delivering similar services, but going directly to the client, recognizing that not all, not every client can afford your, you know, sort of your big box consulting house um, rates. And so he was going to deliver, you know, exceptional service directly to sort of a middle market and do it in a way that could redeem us, so to speak, and provide me with the peace of mind of knowing, okay, we've got income coming into the household. And so it was that move that then sort of transitioned us into this world of small business ownership. Hmm. Wow. Cool. Wow. Great story. So looking back, um, Obviously, we all go through some challenges and setbacks. So could you see one or two or even multiple of those types of situations that really helped you or really helped groomed you and fine-tune you for what you're doing now? Well, you know, I think part of it was just being on the same path with Jerome, really understanding his heart mm-hmm. and having that level of trust to know that, okay, he's got my back. I so oftentimes, especially in husband and wife teams, where there's a little glimpse of, yeah, I don't know that I trust that this person knows what they're doing or what they're saying, but because we sort of understood and appreciated our respective roles, and there was a a tremendous amount of trust on both sides in terms of, okay, um, we're going to do this, we're going to do it together, we're going to support each other, and we'll get through. Um, I think that was what helped us to to manage the process. Now, what I didn't mention yet was at this time when Jerome um, set out on this path of entrepreneurship. Um, I, at the time, I was with GE, so um, I was you know commanding a pretty strong income, and so uh, we were able to deal with some of the ebbs and flows of business and entrepreneurship. Um, another challenge that I see oftentimes with people is they get the business owner bug, and you know there's this old adage: well, if someone gives you a fifty dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill which do you take and really secretly the answer is both 
And so what I see <laughs> oftentimes people will do is they'll leave their job to pursue a venture and they're all in on this venture, but they're not prepared for the, the stress and the financial ebbs and flows mm-hmm. of business. And mm-hmm. that creates an undue amount of stress. Now we did feel that stress on the back end because if we fast forward to 2010, Jerome was approached by a large um, uh, development for a large software firm and was offered an opportunity to come work for them and still maintain Taylor Leonard Corporation. And so we saw that as, okay, our plan, we can now execute our plan because it was around that time, 2010, that our son was in middle school. And so we started thinking, okay, well, now is when I need to disengage from corporate and I'm going to come on board with Taylor Leonard Corporation and I'm going to steer this ship. Well, I was um, <laughs> I was ill prepared to steer the ship um, successfully because of again the ebbs and flows of business. And um, when I left GE, they had the audacity to stop paying me on the fifteenth and the thirtieth of the month. So suddenly, <laughs> six figures of income was gone, yeah. and so it was just you know hair on fire. Like, oh my gosh, how do we do this? I'm ill equipped to, to do business development, to network, to sell, to do any of these things and thank goodness for the transparency and the associations that we were with because we knew enough to share our heart with um, a spiritual leader uh, or an advisor of ours um, to say, hey, we're hurting and this financial strain that this move is having is impacting our marriage. And it was around that time that we were introduced to this organization, Nehemiah Project, Mm -hmm. and really that just sort of set us on an entirely different path. And it's uh, been just by literally by the grace of God that we are to uh, the place where we are now, where we feel much better equipped to lead this organization to its next sort of the evolution into the next chapter. So that's, that's interesting. So it's it kind of in a, a dark moment that this opportunity came up, Nehemiah Project. And if you were in a healthier position, would you, do you think you would have entered or taken that course or got involved with this organization? No, well, no, because that's <laughs> none of us ever feel like we need help when we're doing well, right? <laughs> right, right? That's like asking the really healthy male who's a marathoner, oh, you should probably get your annual checkup. Well, why? I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not until he's like, oh my gosh, I feel I'm doubled over and I can't run anymore. Then that's when he goes to seek help. The interesting thing, though, Robert, is that, thank God for Jerome, because even when um, Patrice Agé and Nehemiah Project was introduced to us, um, because I was, um, I was raised, my grandfather was a 50-year Baptist minister, and so I'd like to think that I kind of know the Bible at least a little <laughs> bit, and I, I felt like, okay, well, I'm, you know, sort of, I'm consulting to companies that are, you know, through this Fortune 100 Fortune 500 environments, and so I'm giving them great advice, but it's the old adage, the shoemaker's son has, has holes mm-hmm. in his shoes where I can't, sure. even, I can't even eat my own soup right now. Right. Right. And so we were really struggling. And when the opportunity was presented to us with Nehemiah Project, I even rejected it then because, again, I was thinking, well, you know, yeah, we're hurting, but we're not that bad. <laughs> uh, we're yeah. we're limping, but we're not right. crippled. Right. But Jerome had, I mean, he had presence of mind enough to say, you know what, it certainly can't help. Let me go through this curriculum. Let me understand what, you know, what they have to offer. And, you know, you do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. I just ask that you support me emotionally, mentally, all that good stuff. And like a good wife did, I I did that. But it was in watching him and living vicariously through him as he was going through 
this three-part curriculum through Nehemiah Project that I was like, wow, you know what, I want, I want some of what he's got because I just saw when you talk about transformation, which you led, mm-hmm. you sort of started out with in the mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. I saw transformation, not only in the way that he was treating me as his spouse, but in his interactions with our, our children, with our vendors, with our, our team, our employees, mm-hmm. with the local community, and even the local church. And so I got tired of sort of being his cheerleader on the sidelines, but I was like, wow, I think you know, I need a piece of what he's got. And so mm-hmm. that's when I slowed down long enough to say, you know what, no, I, I need this. So the other thing is I think oftentimes what we do is we respond to resources either when we're hurting so bad that we feel like there's mm-hmm. nothing else left yeah. or if it's the fear of loss. We see someone that's, oh my gosh, that's amazing, so I need a piece mm-hmm. of that. Right, right. And so I think that's what drives us. It's human nature. It's either pain or purpose or prosperity mm-hmm. that's causing us to move in one direction or another. Well, that's great. And so not only did it, sound like even financially it righted the ship, but it was so much deeper. You're talking about relationships. And so relationships at home, relationships in your, in your business. So tell me now, you have a, obviously since taking the, the Nehemiah course, you've got a different perspective on business. Mm-hmm. And so how has that impacted your perspective on business and how you're impacting people now within your business well, and even outside your business? Yeah, it's, it's really different because, um, I don't see people as, or business as transactional anymore. Certainly there's transactions that take place because that's ultimately what fuels the top line, but I see business as more relational now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see our clients, I see our vendors, and even our competitors or quote-unquote competitors as friends and collaborators. Um, I think when you sort of turn the corner on how you perceive the relationships that you have with people, you're going to be more inclined to serve people in a very different way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've all experienced sort of the transactional nature of business before mm-hmm. where um, someone is sort of just dealing with you as a means to an end. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they feel like the end of that, tr- that, that relationship is me writing a check or me, you know, going to PayPal and, and making a payment, making do on a, um, on a bill that I have. And they think that, well, that's the end of the relationship to, to us. That's like the beginning of the relationship because, you know, when we can be in a place where our clients were serving their need, but then we're doing it in such a way where we're even meeting their need beyond what we can do in our own skill set or our core competencies to the fact where we view them as a whole person and we want to understand, well, how else can we help you? Because Mm -hmm. for us, the next best thing to us helping someone is finding someone to help meet that need Mm -hmm. for them. Because then it's, you know, now we've got clients who call us, you know, a good dentist, you know, a good doctor, yeah, and, you know, yeah, and we're not yeah. physicians. We're none of those things. But it's to the point where people know you, like you, trust you so much that you get invited to their kids' bar mitzvahs and you're not even <laughs> Jewish or you get invited to all these other things because they, the relationship is what they're so excited about. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we do business together, too. Yeah, and yeah, so, exactly. you know, the business almost becomes just sort of secondary mm-hmm. to the fact that the relationship is what you're so excited yeah. about. Great. So it almost sounds like the profits just come out of relationship. So it's relationship first and the profits are almost like a side effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and because for us, we, um, we thrive on so much of our business. If I had to figure out, well, what's the percentage of business that's referral based, I would, it's probably in the 90 percentile ish. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, even yesterday I had a conversation with a woman. Oh my gosh, I was referred to you by a, a colleague of mine. She said that she enjoyed working with you so much. And, and I mean, this is a woman that I worked, I supported like, I want to say like five years ago or something like that, who I'm not even in touch with on a daily basis. We're in touch periodically, but that's what really what brings me joy is when people from ages ago, even when you were first sort of cutting your teeth and didn't really know what you were doing in this, (laughs) where you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I could have done so much more. But then to hear that from their perspective, you did so much more. Mm -hmm. That's what really drives us. (laughs) Yeah, I can relate. Sometimes I'm wondering, I leave a client and I'm like, did I do anything? funny is when they're like you know weeks later and they're like when you said that thing and you're thinking to yourself i said that okay i'll go with it if you exactly. say i said it i said yeah, that's it that's a great it quote sounds good. Like, as long exactly. as it sounds good right if it's exactly. something that shites you like no i would have never said that but you're like okay yeah i did say that didn't I? <laughs> that's great so you're very involved now in the community um clearly just looking at your bio and just knowing you as a person and doing some great stuff in the community looking forward what do you feel? What do you feel you're you're headed? What do you feel your I guess your purpose is a bit longer term here, in the next five ten years? What do you think is going to happen? Gosh, you know what I? <laughs> that's a loaded question because I'm, <laughs> on some days I feel like I know, and uh-huh. then other days I'm like I have no idea because every day I just wake up and I'm just like, okay, what's out there? What's going on? How can I be used? How can I serve? And for as much as I want to say five ten years from now, I'll still be doing this, just more of it, and just supporting more clients. But quite frankly, I'd sort of, as an entrepreneur, I do kind of always keep doors open and I keep my mind open. And and because of the speed of technology and just the movement, the ebbs and flows of the world, and I think the needs of the world, uh, and the fact that, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, none of us even thought globally. We thought about our own backyard. And so Mm -hmm. it's really the world, literally, is our oyster. So it's like, who knows what... um, the path will look like yeah. um, even five years from now. But all I know is that whatever it is, it's going to be aligned with my purpose. So I've kind of got this, um, my calling card is that I'm a catalyst compass and connector. Okay. And so as long as it lines up with that being a catalyst compass connector, um, it's going to have something to do with that. Good. Good. That's, that's, that's basically what I was getting at. So there's kind of a, an overarching theme in your life which is your purpose, that statement you came up with. It doesn't matter whether it's your business currently or another business or if you're volunteering or whatever, that your, your tagline, so to speak, is, is your compass. And you can always impact people as long as you're, you're accomplishing or doing those things, right? Absolutely. Well, that's, that's great. So, you know, we're, we're running out of time, but I want to at least make sure you share a little bit about what the Taylor Leonard Corporation does. I think definitely we're going to have to have you come back and, and maybe share some best practices, especially in your area of, of LinkedIn. I know you're, you're very adept at that. So definitely I'm sure that's something that would benefit our audience on a practical level. Um, yeah. Don't have time for that today, but that just means you have to come back. <laughs> so, so, um, so I'm already, I'm just kind Are of you prim- building your pipeline. Yeah, I'm, I'm priming the pump right now. <laughs> so, I'm priming the pump. So see how that works <laughs> in front of an audience. I want, I want you to come in. Uh, so anyways, but do say a little bit about what Taylor Leonard Corporation does. Cause I think you guys do. Absolutely. So Taylor Leonard Corporation, we are a small woman owned business. Um, our expertise are training business development and information technology On the IT side, our core competencies are cyber cloud and CRM, customer relationship management, as well as as social CRM. So we're located just outside of Washington, D.C. in Montgomery County. 
Maryland, and um, we serve clients of all sizes, so from very small job seekers, entrepreneurs, um, small business owners, all the way up to large organizations, government enterprises like NIH, the National Cancer Institute, Montgomery mm-hmm. College, Pentagon Federal Credit Union. So we've got large clients, but truly our heart is serving small business owners and entrepreneurs because what we find is that they have all of the challenges of a large enterprise, but oftentimes they lack the resources. So mm-hmm. we like to take our umpteen years serving <laughs> multinational <laughs> organizations, <years. laughs> and we, we like to plump those best practices right into the small business community to really help them thrive in their businesses. Great. Oh, thanks, Kelly. So how, how, the, how can they get a hold of you? So you can um, contact me or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Kelly T. Leonard on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter. Oh, my goodness. I can't remember my Twitter handle, but if you find me on LinkedIn, (laughs) all of my contact information is on LinkedIn, our website, my telephone number, all that great stuff, email address. So feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. If I can ever be of service to you or anyone in your audience, listening audience, please do not hesitate to reach out. Yeah, and then there's the taylor-leonard.com. That's your website, right? So yes, you, sir. you can go to the, web, right, to the website too. Well, well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming and sharing this morning. And I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, great insight. I had a lot of fun talking to you and getting to know you a little bit better. So now I have something to go back to when I see Jerome at the next board meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so you met at a network marketing meeting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so yes, I look yes. forward to it. I said earlier before we started the podcast that I think I'm going to have to interview both you and, and uh, Jerome next time. Um, so I look forward to that and I look forward to seeing you next month as well. So that's the end of our episode today, folks. And uh, if you have any business questions or topics that you would like to hear more about, email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61 businessdevelopment.com or go to the Facebook page Purpose and Profitability and you can always make comments or suggestions to do that. Uh, Tune in next week as I talk about the ripple effect and understanding as you walk through your life's journey and living it with purpose just like Kelly um, Kelly shared today it will result in impacting people beyond what you could even think. So thank you for listening. This is Robert Fukui and remember purpose plus profit equals transformation. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit PurposeAndProfit.com.